This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Mysteries, where we are your hosts. I'm Grace. And I'm Alexis. And we are on our second episode of our Wild Thornberries arc, following this globe-trotting adventurous, sometimes reckless family um, around reckless. the <laughs> mainly reckless family <laughs> around the world, uh, on many shenanigans, near-death experiences, and more. And this week, Alexis will be telling us about something that they got up to. I don't know what, mm-hmm. but we about to learn. So take her away, bird. As per usual with Thornberries, the shenanigans and the danger continue danger. <laughs> into the extreme danger into okay. uh, the second episode of season one. Oh, nice. uh, this, I'm not even going to say the name of it because it'll give it away. It'll give, it may give too much away. Okay. okay. Um, but we'll just start out by saying that in this episode, the Thornberries are just outside of the city of Manaus, Brazil. And they were filming oh. a, uh, a segment for their nature show on Amazonian wildlife, flora, and fauna. And uh, so, like your last episode, we're going to tangent off quite a bit because the writers of the show were very good and did their research into real-life places and the the animals and the wildlife around them. So Manaus is actually a city in Brazil. It's the capital and largest city of the Brazilian state of Amazonas. And it's also the largest city in northern Brazil and the seventh largest city in Brazil overall, which says a lot because that's a pretty like populated country. Yes. And it's also located near the center of the Amazon rainforest. And so as such, it has close proximity to a lot of wildlife preserves and research centers in the Amazon rainforest and actually is a common spot where researchers will go to carry out a lot of their research on the rainforest. So it's like so, the home base for researchers as they like in a lot out. of ways. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, and so people will spend like months there at a time. Like they'll start in Manaus, maybe, or like fly into or like start there mm-hmm. and then go into their research center in the rainforest because they are so close. And also interestingly, it's one of two Brazilian cities in the rainforest that has a population over one million people. So it's a big city. Yeah. And again, literally like right outside of the rainforest, the city is like super dense and, you know, it's, it's urban and very populated. It's not like the city itself is very green, but Mm. if you're looking at like a sky view of it, like you see the rainforest, like right over yonder, cause it's like right there. So that'll kind of be important later on in the episode. Ah, I just, again, fun facts that the writers actually painted a picture. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So the Thornberries, they're out on a research excursion right outside of the city. While the parents are out filming stuff, Darwin and Eliza are back at camp playing rock, paper, scissors to determine how they're going to spend their afternoon. I guess the parents just let them kind of roam on their own throughout the Amazon rainforest. always do. And like, of all places, everything can kill you in the Amazon rainforest. Yes. People, animals, plants. insects water everything there can and will kill you (laughs) so it wants to kill you in fact it's 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 its mission that's how it's still (laughs) so pristine in so many places to this day the blood of keeping people out (laughs) it's very rich soil i was gonna say it makes the soil rich (laughs) fertilizer fertilizer. (laughs) so Anyway, Eliza wins this game of rock, paper, scissors, and so she gets to determine how her and Darwin spend their afternoon. And of course, she's like, all right, well, let's hike through the forest and see what we find. And they do come across a very large, like, waterfall type of thing by a Mm -hmm. swimming hole, and Eliza's like, oh, perfect, like, let's just cliff dive or, like, tombstone off of this thing and, like, swim in the water below, which, okay, kind of fun, but also super dangerous without any... (laughs) alligators or crocodile i guess that's gators i don't know Any, I anything don't know. anything that wants to kill Any, you. snakes anything, anything and oh everything <laughs> so ever the adventurer eliza she's climbing up to the top of this waterfall or this cliff and she's jumping on and swimming i think like fully clothed darwin okay. the monkey on the other hand 
he's much more scared of such an act. Obviously, he's like, I'm done with the wildlife. I don't want this Mm. anymore. Let me just sit here on shore nearby and watch you. Mm -hmm. And so while Darwin is walking along the riverbank or whatever the, the shore, he steps on a fairly large and very valuable looking crystal. Oh, but he being a monkey, I guess, doesn't really realize that it's a crystal and he kind of just thinks it's a rock, but he's like looking at it and he's amazed by how beautiful it is and picks it up and calls over Eliza to take a look at it too. Uh But she's too busy having fun, cliff diving and swimming to pay any attention to Darwin. Uh And she just kind of brushes it off like, oh, cool. You found a rock. Nice. Whatever. Cool. I've seen plenty of blood diamonds. What's another one? I'm literally climbing a rock right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. Again, (laughs) Darwin only says like, hey, look at this rock I found. He's not like like, saying this beautiful crystal. Yes. Like, cool. (laughs) Awesome. Look at this massive rock I found. I found a bigger one. (laughs) Yeah. And it's more fun than yours. (laughs) Stupid rock. So yeah. So like she doesn't even stop to look at it because she's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, rocks are everywhere. Whatever, Darwin. (laughs) And so at one point, Eliza, she jumps back into the water from this cliff and it creates this large splash of water that just hits Darwin. And he's unable to like hold on to the crystal. It like washes right out of his hand and into Mm. the river. And he is pretty upset at this point. Like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Like you just made me lose that. You made me drop this rock. And Eliza's like, oh, it's cool, dude. Just like come in for a swim. And Eliza's like, why don't you want to swim? Like all you're doing is looking for this rock. This is way more fun. Again, not realizing it's this beautiful crystal. Uh-huh. And she's like, for you know, for a chimpanzee, Darwin, you really have no sense of adventure. And Darwin, Darwin is like, ah, he is offended by this, like, in, in his high posh British accent. Like, ah, how dare you? I like a British accent. Sounds great. Uh, I go from I like the bayou to British. <laughs> She does it all. Do it all. I need to find an agent. Um, (laughs) No, but Darwin, he's like offended saying that when he lived in the Congo, literally every day of his life was an adventure, which Mm, alludes to why he is the way he is now. He's like, I've had enough of that. I really just want to settle down and like, (laughs) I want to live in a nice house. I don't want this jungle, this wildlife anymore. But he's also saying, yeah, I mean, I've lived this life, okay? I can live it again if I want to. Uh-oh. I just choose not to. Okay. So Eliza, she scoffs, kind of like brushing it off. Like, please, you're less like an animal than any other animal I've ever met. You've been around people for way too long. And so you've just like, quite frankly, lost your animal instincts. Hey, Darwin again. <laughs> yeah. A little, little bit of a fight between these two here. Yeah. So Darwin, he, he defends himself again, saying... He is a wild animal. He's fearless. He's untamed. He can handle this, this jungle, this wilderness, and that he doesn't need Eliza anymore. And so he pretty much just like he's heard enough and he turns around and makes his way back through the forest on his own, like ticked off with Eliza Mm -hmm. and leaves her to just continue to cliff jump and swim all by herself. Mm-hmm. And so Eliza, right before Darwin, you know, gets out of sight, she's like, oh, come on, like, don't do this. Like, you're just going to go back to the camp anyway, where it's nice and warm. And he <laughs> yells back at her like, no, I'm not going back to your human camp. I'm going deeper into the jungle, my oh. natural habitat so that I can do chimpanzee things, which again, rainforest, chimpanzee, <laughs> everyone wants to kill you there, Darwin. Almost yeah. everything wants to kill you. Bad, so good bad luck. idea. And then a last minute thing, he like rips off his clothes and just like throws him to the side, being super over dramatic, like back in Ah, nature. All right. I don't need your human things. (laughs) Your things, your nice shirts, your cotton and wool clothes. And these nice, like already already shivering, like Like, picking them back up. (laughs) Yeah. Runs away. So Darwin, he makes his way deep into the forest and Eliza, she decides to just keep swimming for a little bit longer, but eventually she gets bored of being alone. So she makes her way back to camp and grabs Donnie so that she can have some company at the swimming hole. And 
Donnie takes him back there and he's like super happy obviously like you explained last Mm -hmm. week he's practically a monkey as well (laughs) he's like climbing up and down this cliff all on his own jumping in and out Eliza though she's she's a little myth because the fun in this is that she can control someone else to do what Ah. she wants to do but Mm. Donnie is like no 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 like I'll do this on my own so he's not waiting for her to jump in yeah like got it she can't she can't control Donnie like she can Darwin so it's just cliff diving just isn't the same with Donnie she's not the center of it exactly she's got it like she's still kind of having fun but she's like getting annoyed that Donnie is having he doesn't need her exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) so Eventually, after what seems like hours of jumping off this same cliff, just over and over and swimming in the swimming hole, Eliza convinces Donnie that they should go back to camp so that they can get some food because it's getting close to dinner time. Mm-hmm. But as they're leaving, she stumbles upon the crystal, mm. now realizing it's a crystal that Darwin found. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, this was way better than he described it. Like, I think <laughs> Darwin really did find something cool here Mm -hmm. and so we then see darwin you know scene shifts to darwin and he's Uh making his way down that same river bank he's really engaging with nature he's really connecting (laughs) with his true chimpanzee self he's like Uh drinking water directly from the source he's strutting around smiling like deep breaths taking in that beautiful rainforest air uh-huh. He's engaging with the wildlife, aka he gets his paw absolutely wrecked by a snapping turtle in the river. <laughs> I mean, it's realistic, I guess. Exactly. But he's, you know, he's making his way. Down. And then back at camp, though, Nigel and Marianne, here come the parents. They are like debriefing and tending mm. wounds. Oh God! Their recent shoot in the rainforest. Nigel somehow managed to mess up his left eye, and so he's like, he like walks back to camp, and he's like covering his eye while Marianne's like, "You just sit down. I'll go get some ice." <laughs> I think he is. I think he just like ran into the camera or something. It's thankfully <laughs> like a bug bite or some <laughs> shit. It's like not the way that people tend to get injured in the rainforest. Oh. Somehow <laughs> Nigel, like, yeah, he's like leaned into the camera and Marianne, like, dude, get back. And it like hit him right in the eye. <laughs> but anyway, sense. so so he's like holding his eye and he keeps like testing his vision, like moving his hand and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, am I blind? Can I see? Uh-huh. But at one point when he takes his hand down, he sees behind some trees at their campsite. A tribal person, a tr- an indigenous tribal member, kind of like hiding behind the trees, looking at him uh-huh. behind the campsite. And as soon as he locks eyes with this tribal member, the dude just like runs off into the forest. Mm. This is this is when I pack up the Comvi and head back <laughs> to the native land. Um, yes, this is every uh, horror movie begins like this um this is every sign of you're on someone else's land um this is every Mm -hmm. sign of i don't want you here this is um this i wouldn't have you need to go (laughs) yeah that if there's one person watching me there could be hundreds yes um this is uh they ran away doesn't make me feel good that they're not about to go get more people who will be Mm -mm. silent in the night yeah Um, no there's no sign of friendliness that happened right there no no there's not and put a pin in that (laughs) for the horrors of this episode so yeah be like sorry we out and then leave we 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 mean no harm whatsoever right i get it i'm sorry clean we left everything right i'm (laughs) picking my trash and i'm gonna book it out of here i'm getting out of here yeah okay so, though, unfortunately, Nigel, who is, as you described last week, he's very enthusiastic about everything that's going on in nature. So instead of packing up the convi and gathering his children and his family, he quickly calls Marianne back and tells her that they must follow the man's tracks to capture footage of what he suspects may be a reclusive tribe in the middle of the Amazon rainforest. Okay. So. 
<laughs> okay. 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 The okay. two. It was 1998. Um, the world was a little different. Not really. Different. At least in terms of these indigenous tribes, because they are yeah. untouched by society. So they've been the same since the beginning. I think um, there's maybe like some loose ethics now in place that's like, hey, don't go disturb these tribes. Like we want to try and leave them untouched. Great. Okay. <laughs> Nigel said, I live by my own ethics. <laughs> gotta get it's that footage. it's fun exactly it's for the footage for our <laughs> show the foundation is gonna love this <laughs> nat geo bbc yes. suck it david attenborough <laughs> yeah. that's nigel's greatest nemesis <laughs> nigel taught david attenborough everything he knows <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay so okay so marianne and nigel they take off with the camera in hand pushing past like all these large bushes and through trees where indeed they find this isolated tribe, right? They see like all of these, these huts, or I guess, mm. I think Oka is like the the type of Brazilian indigenous housing. Cause apparently okay. huts have different names depending on where, where in the country they're made. Cool. So they see all of these and they see some people walking around and they see the man that Nigel earlier saw kind of running through mm. the tribe or the village as well. And so Marianne, she tries to get in closer, but Nigel, he's, he is a little wiser than we recently said. He does stop <laughs> Marianne like, well, hold on, hold on. No, we have to be super careful here. We know nothing about these people, nothing Correct. about the boy we saw. We don't want to get in trouble. And we also don't want to interrupt their way of life. So he's very, Correct. you know, he's he's pretty aware that introducing like a camera and the yeah. modern clothing that they're wearing into their society could like totally throw everything off of balance for them and yeah. or they could get killed. Yes. So there's <laughs> endless options. Like like you said, everything in the rainforest wants to kill you. Wants to kill you. Everything. <laughs> it the rainforest does not discriminate. Yeah, exactly. So just as Nigel is explaining this to Marianne, he also happens to trip over a rock. Not a crystal, a rock, but actually upon closer inspection, they look at it and they realize that the rock has been carved into some sort of tool that probably was being used by the tribal oh, members. Cool. And so Marianne gets really excited saying like, wait a minute, they're using these primitive tools. This could be similar to the ancient Tassade tribe that was discovered in the Philippines. Mm. And she explains that this Filipino tribe lived so deep in the jungle that they'd never had contact with anyone. And they had a culture completely unspoiled by civilization. Mm. And so when she mentioned this, I hit pause and was like, <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> Jokes from excitement. Sorry. I just gasped. Sorry. Because I knew you were about to tell me about it. <laughs> Wikipedia. Tell me more. Rabbit <laughs> hole here. Yeah, rabbit hole that then turns into just like two paragraphs. So, the Tusade are indeed a Philippine indigenous tribe, cool. and they attracted widespread attention in 1971 when a journalist of the Associated Press, is like Manila Bureau or whatever Ooh. Manila in the Philippines, reported on their discovery. And found like apparent stone age technology mm -hmm. and found this tribe in complete isolation from the rest of Philippine society. Mm -hmm. However, in the 1980s, this may not take the turn that you think it's going to take. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. A number of journalists and anthropologists and researchers, including a Swiss man named Oswald Eiten, began to express doubts on the, legitim the legitimacy of the tribe's isolation and hmm. considered the entire discovery of par as part of this elaborate hoax. And <laughs> what? So <laughs> okay, I, that, what? There's a lot going on. So I watched like two kind of short documentaries on this. Yes. They were each only like 30 minutes, thankfully. <laughs> one was from Oswald Eiton himself, and the other one was like the NBC reports where they like went in and like sent a journalist to like interview these people and just kind of like uh -huh. observe them i'm not going to get into the details because again <laughs> there were two like 
30 minute documentaries about yeah. this and we don't have that much time nope. and I'm not an anthropologist or a historian what? or a linguist or what I know shocker God. <laughs> but essentially from both of these videos that I watched and from what I read it seems like both sides do have good arguments like some linguists have good arguments as to how perhaps the Tasade tribe was unspoiled by Philippine civilization and did kind of have a dialect and whatnot of their own. But Oswald Eiton actually put forth a lot of good information on how it seemed very unrealistic for a tribe to survive this way without ever being Mm. noticed or, you know, discovered in any way whatsoever based on like their, their lack of understanding of hunting and how there Mm. were so few of them. It's like, well, how over Look, like I said, I'm not going to get into it. I have there's so a lot of like also weird political after. circumstances. Ooh, okay. <laughs> because like there was a dictatorship going on in the Philippines at the time, and like Uh-oh. civil war and just all this stuff. Oh god! And so they thought that it was kind of like a propaganda play to like preserve cultural heritage, and there's a lot of moving parts. But just god. know that the the Tisade are real people. Perhaps cool. not actually an unspoiled tribe, you know, unspoiled from civilization, but there mm-hmm. it is a small community of indigenous people in the Philippines. Got it. Also to paint some context for stuff that happens later on in this okay. episode. So oh very interesting okay. stuff. Again, uh, on YouTube, if you just like search Tisade <laughs> with like Oswald Eiton or just Tisade on its own, you'll find all sorts of different like small or brief documentaries explaining them super interesting cool i'm so not the time or place now (laughs) again but my mind's like but it is yeah but it is but also i don't want to offend any filipino people listening if they're like excuse me my great great grandmother is tasada how dare you tell me right and i'm like oh they're not even real (laughs) yep anyway believing that they've made an equally as important discovery. Marianne eagerly moves in to like begin filming the tribe. But again, Nigel, he's like, no, 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 stop. I know this is exciting, but we really can't disturb them. So let's go back to camp and like try to come up with a plan of action to see how we can get any Mm. of this footage to the foundation. So they go back and because ultimately Marianne's like, yeah, okay, you're right. I kind of don't want to die here or yes. fuck up the, the culture and the you're heritage right, this of entire these people. society. <laughs> exactly. That would not be good. <laughs> so they go back and uh, go to the camp and they're like talking with Debbie about what they found out there. Debbie is totally uninterested, obviously like, oh, cool. A Stone Age tribe, whatever. <laughs> and Marianne's like, Nigel, like we have to think of something that we can do to get closer to them. And Nigel is like, I've got it. Let's just get naked, just take off all of our clothes and don't take your camera. Instead, we'll just, we'll, you know, carve our impressions of the tribe in stone. (laughs) Which like then, then what? Like you send the stone to the foundation? you throw the stone and start a war? (laughs) They're not going to know what you're doing. Right. Also, like were these people naked they're gonna be like why the fuck are you naked they had like loin claws on but still like, not naked yeah, exactly he, he's not it's not necessarily to assimilate with them he thinks that they're just going to be like shocked by like the the, oh, the modern dress fabulous yeah like modern adventure clothing that, yeah exactly. he like Look at all my exaggerates <laughs> describing them yeah he's like they'll have no idea what to think about my luxurious clothing or something like that <laughs> Okay, and so it. literally like he's like taking off his clothes as he's telling Mar- Marianne this. He's like, yeah, let's just like get naked and like carve our impressions in stone. Damn, and, that and, is freaky. And, okay. Strip poker in the rainforest <laughs> with, with this indigenous tribe. Oh my God. <laughs> and so Marianne stops and they're like, okay, hold, hold on, hold on. Can't we just like hide behind the bushes we were behind earlier like they didn't see us then like we don't have to interview them we can just get some footage let them come back to you they already found you yeah true which is terrifying too though because like you said before 
they could send for more people to go back, yeah, more tribal point. people to go back to that campsite whenever they want, because now yep. they know exactly where you are. Yep. So anyway, though, Marianne, though, she's like, let's just film from behind the bushes. We'll stay quiet. We'll just get footage. We won't actually like interview them or go on to their, you know, go into their village. And so Nigel's like, oh, okay, actually that makes, that makes sense. Which is like, <laughs> y'all didn't even have to come back to camp. You could have just stayed there and like gotten the footage in the first place. Yeah. Whatever. Came back. Yeah. Now you're going to make more yes. of a disturbance. Pretty much. But at this point, it's too late in the day for them to traverse back through the rainforest. Mm. So instead they decide to just resume their excursion in the morning and they'll just right. start getting dinner ready and getting the girls and the family all back together for the night. Yeah. So Eliza and Donnie, they return to camp just as Marianne is setting the table. And Eliza looks just totally exhausted from her afternoon out with Donnie, trying to wrangle this monkey child in and just swimming (laughs) and jumping off these cliffs all day. And Eliza asks her mom if she's seen Darwin, like if if he's returned back Mm. to camp. And Marianne's like, no, we haven't seen him here, actually. But we thought he was with you and Donnie. And Eliza's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he was like, yeah, but like he on his own decided to go off into the forest, like not admitting that she kind of goaded him. him, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Becoming a monkey again. Yeah, right. And so she's like, I really thought that he would have been back by now, though. Mm. And so Nigel, he sounds a little panicked, like, wait, is Darwin lost? And Marianne's like, it's okay, everyone. Like, he, you know, he's he's fine. He's fine. As soon as he smells dinner, he's probably going to come back to camp. He can't okay. be too far, which checks out for Darwin. He's always yeah, obsessed exactly. with food, human food in particular. Yep. But let me also pause here and say, what might the thornberries be enjoying for dinner on this wonderful night in the rainforest, you might ask? Well, oh. None other than a fresh batch of capybara burgers. Oh, no! Wait, do people actually eat them? So, did you look it up? And I did more research on this than the Tisane. You are a great and, chef. You yeah, had to know. I was like, let me talk about this. I've got like four paragraphs here, so stick with me. <laughs> I, okay. I don't want to offend anyone by being like, oh my God, exactly. what? Exactly. At first... I was super off put by this and thought it was messed up. I still think it's kind of messed up, whatever. I, you know, I'm not going to yuck anyone else's yum, but (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? That cannot be okay. Eating a capybara burger in the rainforest as Nigel, meanwhile, points by like, oh, look, there goes a capybara right there. Like runs. There goes breakfast tomorrow. Some capybara bacon. (laughs) Yum. Which actually, well. Okay, keep going, keep going. So I did some research and I learned that capybara meat is actually very common and even considered a delicacy in a lot of parts of South America. Okay. Particularly though in Venezuela, I think like the only country in South America that really doesn't fuck with it is Chile. So it is also, and this is super topical, it is a popular meat source during Lent and Holy Week, which... Literally today is the day before Easter as we are as we're recording this. this. As we're recording this, yes, not as it's wow. released. So apparently, way back when, the Catholic Church had banned borrowing and eating this type of meat during Lent for centuries. So it's been popular in South America mm. for hundreds of years. Uh-huh. But Venezuelan clergymen, they petitioned for the church to reconsider because of its popularity and because mm. of the the cultural ties to hunting capybara in the area. Okay. And so as per usual, the church caved to political pressure <laughs> and they <laughs> and they classified capybara as a type of fish. <laughs> so that it was then acceptable to eat during Lent. For those who are not Christian or Catholic, you're not supposed to eat red meat during, um, at least on Fridays. It may have been like throughout all of Lent way back when, but then they, again, political pressure forced them to cave it back to just on Fridays. You're not supposed to eat meat. You're supposed to only eat fish or no meat at all. And so, yes, now that capybara had been reclassified as a type of fish, 
it was okay to eat in South America. And wow. I guess they did this because they're like, well, you know, they live by the water. I think they like, do swim. They, they do, yeah, because they're, they, it's like a combination of a, um, it's like, it's like a pig and a beaver. Yes, I was like going to say. Like of, it's like a furry pig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're for pig. Um, also, yeah. oh, keep going. No, 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 go, go for it. Because I got I more, just, so just get it out now. Yeah. No, I, I was just answer gonna, it later, but. No, 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 it's not a question. It's more of a like, I rescind my initial like, oh my God, what? Of eating them because I think it's like, because we don't have them in the US, I just exactly. automatically assume that it's like a rare cool animal but like yes it's probably just like a rodent there or like it is as yeah. common as deer yeah so it's or like, even like beavers like like beavers here, yeah. which in some places in america are everywhere you know right so exactly very common. yeah so i and, do rescind it they are adorable if i was in south america i would try it i would try a capybara burger put a pin in that oh, um, no. maybe but yeah and i forget if i put this in here i'm like skimming real quick i don't know if i did i learned a lot about capybaras to write this so <laughs> their so closest their closest relative is actually a gerbil so it would be kind of eating like a giant you gerbil would burger. research <laughs> apparently i'm obsessed with gerbils now. it all comes Thank back you, every, gerbil. every arc it comes back to a gerbil for you powerpuff girls it did it did it arcs, your first again. episode of this arc it has <laughs> if i find a gerbil connection i am I'll going to make lean it. into it <laughs> i'm going to Our make that link gerbil expert <laughs> gerbilologist <laughs> you can call me so anyway after the catholic church allowed for capybaras to be eaten during lent again hunting of the creatures it spiked back up and it became so widespread that at one point, I don't know what year, maybe like late 1800s, early 1900s, there was a threat actually of wiping oh, out it. their existence in classic. some areas, particularly classic humans, yep. um, particularly in Venezuela, until okay. the Venezuelan government stepped in to start regulating the hunting and the trade of the creatures and establish a sort of farming system for the animals. And so today, only about 20% of the population of capybaras, again, at least in Venezuela, mm -hmm. um, is legally allowed to be killed each year for food. Cool. And most of this is done around Lent. Got but, it. of course, which unfortunately, as of our recording this, it means that a whole bunch of capybaras just die. Just dying right now. <laughs> Someone is slow roasting one for Easter tomorrow. As we speak. <laughs> Someone Great. down in Venezuela is enjoying their capybara roast. Oh man, Raz so, Nigel takes a big juicy bite. Yum. <laughs> but anyway, so even though Venezuelan, the Venezuelan government and probably others in South America have regulated this and tried to put some protections in place, it still doesn't stop the illegal poaching and killing of the animals for the sale of their meat on the black market. Oh man. Which apparently is worth twice the amount of beef on the uh, black market. Oh, so it can be kind of lucrative for like some, you know, rural or, you know, indigenous people who are just like farming or like retailing yeah. out near the jungle. So coming back to a point you made earlier, to be fair, capybara's such an emotional their... journey. I don't know how I feel anymore. I'm neutral. So, I still am pro capybara here. I don't, I don't know if I would try it, but anyway, to be fair, <laughs> they're not endangered. Their, okay. But their population is kind of on the decline in some mm, areas due to the that. indigenous hunting traditions. But again, they're of like the least concern in terms of endangerment. Okay. And they are quite adorable, they're right? So like they are, although their Latin scientific name, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but it directly translates, kind of like I alluded to earlier, to water pig. <laughs> I do want to just boop their snoot real bad. There's, I know they're so cute. And they'd like do the little, like the gerbil type of sniffing and stuff, just like their little nose kind of like, eh, they're so adorable. But apparently they taste like a combo of salty pork and fish. So the Latin huh. translation of water pig is a pro pro. <laughs> and the way that people prepare them now, apparently, again, coming back to something you said before, is by like drying the hide often. They either shred it 
and put it into casseroles or they dry it and they they make it into like a jerky so kind of like bacon wow. <laughs> almost but, Nigel but it's serious he was serious but also if it's like shredded it's kind of hard to make burgers out of a shredded sort of meat like you've got to be able to yeah. grind that stuff up so I'm also really wondering how these burgers would taste and what the texture and consistency of them yeah. would be and like, like shredded capybara just... meat kill this capybara himself that is one of my next lines here i was like (laughs) so one what would it take to grind down their meat into a patty that sounds tough two is it lint in this episode are they like allowed to even be eating these right now three thornberries actually buy the capybara meat on the black market or from some random dealer deep in the jungle or four did they actually just like tackle a bunch of capybaras and like kill them themselves and like the fact that nigel's like look there goes one i'm going with that last option look there goes one gets up and like tackles it like (laughs) exactly just like wrestling it donnie go (laughs) get it marianne hand me my machete Wow, um, that was so, such an emotional roller coaster of yeah. ethics and tradition and conservation, mm-hmm. and that was a lot. Yeah, and again, a lot of the stuff I found was like in Venezuela, there in Brazil mm-hmm. in this episode. But like, we can probably assume that there are some similar similarities at least in the customs yeah Yeah, right so but man it's sad I think at the end of the day I'm still pro team capybara I guess look if I was down there I would maybe try it not to offend you know the the culture and everything and if you don't like it you don't like it but it's not like I would be getting capybara burgers shipped back up to the states yeah yeah uh, I think I think it's here for dinner (laughs) yeah I think you should probably never be getting it up here because that's most likely probably black market-esque I do think if you're in the cultural scenario in country uh and that it's ethically hunted aka you know mm-hmm. it's not on the black market situation yeah. um then i'm interested otherwise yes. not so much not not so much but yeah i don't i can't imagine how a salty pork fish burger would taste yeah so anyway so yeah i was happy to do that sort of research but i was like it's a sade <laughs> mm, this is a little too complex but the capybara. <laughs> Let me see what I let's can find. Debate. Roll, yeah, let's debate. You're getting like tasting notes. Mm. Mm. This one's a little too salty. Mm, <laughs> like watching videos fishy. of people prepare them. Yeah, I exactly. actually did not do that, but actually, I, I might do that after that's there. Anyway, wow. So incredible. Like our initial reaction to mm. them eating capybara burgers, Debbie is also grossed out. Oh, interesting. When Nigel tells her that, like, essentially a capybara is like a water rat. <laughs> they do kind of look like rats. Yeah. They Jack do. Rats. Yeah. And so Debbie pretty much like throws up the one bite of burger that she takes. And it's actually very funny. She like very quietly just pushes herself back from the table, stands up without a word, and just walks away, like, in silence. At least she's, like, respectful to not puke at the table. Exactly. And she's not just like, ew, what the fuck? That's messed up. She just... But it is funnier that she just, like... No, like, not a word. (laughs) On my way. Yeah. And so... Nigel and Marianne, meanwhile, as they're enjoying this delicacy of a dinner, mm. they tell Eliza, they're like reassuring her that Darwin is going to be fine in the jungle overnight because chimpanzees, they know a lot of ways to survive. And again, he's, you know, he's got some natural instincts here. Mm-hmm. Although also hilariously, I fucking love Nigel. Maybe you're right. If if you're if your wedding is a Halloween party, I maybe would dress up as Nigel <laughs> because he's so freaking funny. Because yes. at first, when Eliza asks if they think Darwin will be fine until the morning, Nigel's okay. just like, "Oh, of course not. He'll probably be eaten before then." <laughs> and Marianne like hits him, and he's like, "Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He's a chimpanzee. Like, he'll be good." <laughs> Not like the perfect prey for jaguars, especially when he's not in a pack of or like family of chimpanzees. He's literally all alone on his own. Pythons, no problem. I mean, what? Yeah, no, he'll be fine. We'll we'll (laughs) go fetch him in the morning if we'll fetch his remains. I mean, him, (laughs) him. But 
Meanwhile, as the sun is getting is uh, setting and the rainforest is getting darker, we then see Darwin. He's still out in the wild, kind of like nervously taking in all of the sounds of the rainforest around him, right? Like you hear chirping insects and bugs flying around him. You hear large growling cats. And most terrifyingly of all, you hear a rumbling tummy, a.k.a. Oh, Darwin. Darwin's He's going to die. He's hungry. He's going to die from starvation. Yeah, he's going to lay down something will eat his corpse. <laughs> yeah. The he's going to die by getting attacked. Yeah. So <laughs> he attempts to fend for himself by eating a bunch of like ants and bugs off of a stick from a nearby log. But his sophisticated palate is not pleased. Mm. And so he like spits the bugs out immediately and like freaks out even more. So he figures, though, hearing all of these growling like cats and large animals around him, that uh, it's time to act more like a chimpanzee. And so he decides to build a nest like high up in the trees to avoid being eaten by any of these yes. creatures that are prowling below. Sorry. And, you know, he's laying there. He's like super proud of himself in his little nest um, type of hammock thing, mm. looking up at the night at the night sky and all the stars in the sky, which actually would be beautiful if the mm -hmm. rainforest wasn't constantly trying to Gotta kill you. you. Yep. And he then does actually start to doze off to get some sleep. But only a few minutes later, he starts hearing like cracking and stuff in his nest because apparently he has in fact lived around people a little bit too long and his nest making skills are not up to par oh, no. and so it just totally comes apart sending <laughs> him down to the ground on his ass which would really hurt because these trees are very tall Big. yeah your back's broken and now a jaguar is going to come out of definitely going to be eaten and kill you you are easier even easier prey than you already were yes. <clears throat> He's like, this just is not my night. This is not my night. God, where again, is the comedy? The rainforest wants to kill you. Wants to kill you. That's the theme of actively. this episode. <laughs> yeah. Actively trying to kill you. And so as he's like collecting himself back on the ground underneath this tree, he hears even more growling coming from behind him and from within him. His stomach <laughs> is growling even more now. Mm -hmm. And then to make an already terrifying situation worse, it starts pouring rain, thunder, oh, and lightning, Lord. and everything. And so he's running through the forest to uh, seek shelter, and he finds this little, like, tree-covered canopy where he can, like, hide for a second. But it's mm. very dark in there. And so once a lightning bolt strikes nearby, it, like, lights it up, and he just sees that, like, there are a couple of jaguars straight up chilling under there with them. Oh, my God. They're like, wow. I know you oh. ordered a Grubhub. Please deliver <laughs> Chomp. <laughs> great, great service. <laughs> I hate going out to pick up food in the rain. Did you leave a tip? Okay, great. Cool, cool, cool. Eat you. <laughs> um, and now Nigel, he books, or Nigel, sorry, Darwin, Darwin. He books it out of there though. And yeah, um, eventually finds himself upon the village of the Stone Age tribe that Marianne and Ooh. Nigel discovered earlier that day. Okay. His luck may be looking up. Maybe. So they could also think he's food. Go on. This is true. Oh, could no. have been in that. Oh no, so, I don't want to. He sneaks his way into the village and he takes a peek into one of the okas. Like they've got a window built into it. And mm -hmm. he looks in and sees that there's a large like chicken or some sort of bird that's being roasted over a fire in there. Oh, and his little tummy's grumbling. And it is. And you know, Darwin, he's like, well, there's shelter. It's warm. It's food. No one's around. Looks like it's mine. Oh, God. So he like climbs into this, climbs in through this window. And he starts just like chowing down on this chicken and he gets Arr. all warm and cozy by the fire before lying down and gently falling asleep. The next morning, Eliza, back at camp, wakes up very early and she's immediately calling for Darwin, hoping Aww. that he returned to the camp or that he's at least somewhere nearby. And so she grabs Donnie to go out on an excursion to try to find him or track him down. Mm -hmm. And Donnie notices Darwin's paw prints. So they start to follow a trail of them and see cool. that they lead right to the tribal village. So now Donnie and Eliza 
also sneak into this village. Oh no. Right up to the Oka where Darwin, where his footprints lead, where his paw prints lead to. And they're like peeking their head through that window, seeing where he is, if he's in there. And they look in and they literally see Darwin like being fanned down and being fed by this group of tribal members, like tending to his hand and feet, literally like feeding him like grapes. It's like very hedonistic. I did not see this coming. I thought you were going to say he was on the pit being roasted. (laughs) Uh, And so Eliza sees this and she's like, he doesn't even need us anymore, whatever. So she, she still has the crystal that he found Uh the day before. And she like takes it out of her pocket and like chucks it in through the window. And it like lands on Darwin's head. Eliza, you were being uncivilized. <laughs> you are. Come on. Although, hey, this could be valuable for the for the tribe. Well, I'm sure they have many others, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. So at this point, Darwin, he's like, oh my God, the crystal. Like, this is the one I found yesterday. Eliza must be nearby. Like, she must have mm. found it. And so he tries to actually run out of the hut to go catch up with her. But the tribal members will not let him. They uh, grab him. Oh. Keeping, like, dragging him back in by his feet. Scary. And throw him into a cage in their hut. Um, what? So, I think we see where this is going now. Eliza and Donnie, thinking that Darwin does not need them anymore. They oh, they don't see camp. that happen? No, they don't see that happen. They've okay. already, like, turned around. Like, Eliza, like, throws it behind her. Throws the crystal in behind her as they're walking away. Okay. And once they're back in the forest, Darwin's like, oh my God, wait, let me go find them. And then God, tribal members that would be drag him. So back. fucking scary. Terrifying. I'm Darwin. Terrifying. He's screaming the entire good. time. Like yeah. he's he's literally like blood curdling screams. Yes. <laughs> Makes sense. Back. And like That's Eliza Donnie are like, everything is screaming in the rainforest at all <laughs> times because everything's being murdered. It's just another shriek. I just realized, can you imagine? So this is kind of a tangent. But Eliza must be actually having a tough time because I don't know if she can like turn her her powers on everywhere. And off. Like yeah, there's just constant like everything is talking to her. Everything like right, all the time because yeah, everything is growling and like screaming. All these animals all the time. God. So so yeah, she's like I can't tell Darwin's voice from anyone else. Right. Everyone's screaming and being murdered right oh, now. Sounds like some other animal somewhere out here is being dragged to its imminent death <laughs> just another day in the life of a 12 year old come on donnie let's get back <laughs> so uh yeah eliza and donnie they head back to camp and they decide to just like hang out with debbie outside who's just like going through all of this angsty teen shit she's like read in some magazine recently that being a hipster is in and so she's like trying to wear darker clothing she's reading like the poem how by alan ginsburg which is like one of the most like (laughs) like philosophical like deepest like darkest like poems ever whatever (laughs) and nigel and marianne come out of the combi and tell the girls that it's time for them to get moving so they can capture footage of this stone age tribe Mm. inferring obviously that they want the girls to come with them uh, as oh. this site is something that, you know, it's pretty you don't special. want to miss it. But in the yeah. real world, would be hella dangerous and probably not a good parenting tip. No, you shouldn't be they... there in the first place. You should not dress. Yes. <laughs> now, from, yes, from a point of escaping, it maybe is a good tip because you can probably outrun your daughters and or. They're always just trying to sacrifice smaller. their kids. <laughs> You're like, yeah, no kids, you guys ready to go so that if uh, we get attacked, you guys will be the bait or I mean so that you can see this wonderful. Incredible discovery and get on camera yeah anyway <laughs> let's go this is gonna go viral when you get eaten <laughs> i like mean the early days of youtube of, of the <laughs> world wide web like, exactly one of the first videos ever these two girls being <laughs> sacrificed by mauled by a jaguar <laughs> one sacrifice to a tribe another mm-hmm. great yeah cool cool so where's the family um, parental services that's why they don't they're never Not in america <laughs> they're like oh god these kids will be taken from us with a quickness they're always Absolutely on the land. <laughs> so the family they take off for this hike through the jungle to view this tribe and collect some footage for the foundation mm-hmm. and uh as they're like hiding behind the bushes 
Nigel, he's like, he's got some binoculars in his hand and he's narrating the events to the camera, noting that like, they seem to be a peaceful people and they appear to be in preparation for some sort of communal meal. And after some more observation, uh-huh. cause like, yeah, you see them like building a fire, putting a stove, putting a pot over the fire, uh-huh. everyone's getting excited, circling around. <laughs> and after some more observation, Nigel adds that it appears that they're carrying an animal in a cage, which again, he assumes is their meal. He's yeah, like, it looks right. like a, a monkey of some sort or no, a chimpanzee. <laughs> and Eliza at this point is like, excuse me, steals Nigel's binoculars, looks in and he's like, that's, she's like, that's Darwin. Oh God. And Nigel's like, Oh shit! Yeah, that is someone. This is some major uh-huh. ethical questions that this family is about to face. <laughs> A lot of ethical. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So at okay. this point, they see Darwin. He's like being dangled by his arms over this boiling pot of water or liquids over this fire. Uh huh. And Eliza, like, fuck, fuck whatever you guys say about not disturbing this tribe. I'm going in there. I mean, so she. Yeah. If it was my dogs, I would do the same thing of like my children. But like yeah, right. Yeah, there's a lot of it's, there's again, a lot like of things said, happening. Ethical questions here. Do yeah. you disturb them? Do you not? Yes. So Eliza like runs over her parents past the bush, whatever. George of the jungle style. She like climbs up a tree <laughs> and ropes cool. down from a vine and like scoops up Darwin just before the villagers dump him into this Whoa. hot pot. And Darwin is like, <laughs> Darwin's like thanking her for saving him, but like yeah. they just kind of like swing right back down towards <laughs> the village and just like crash into everything, knocking over the pot. <laughs> and all the villagers are like, "Whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck so, is happening?" And so Nigel like runs in to like the chief and is like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for crashing your village and oh you know god. for all this destruction, taking away your meal." But he's like saying it in broken English because he's assuming that the tribal members don't know what the fuck he's saying. So oh he's like, god. "We're so sorry, sorry, like for meal takey the oh my god the, the, oh, destro- no. the destroying." And so also Marianne is like filming all of this stuff. She's just like, yeah, this is great. She's like, we are getting the shot, baby. If we get out of here alive. We are about to win a Nobel Prize. No, Marianne's like, when I get out of here alive, Nobel Prize. I'll find a new family. It's fine. <laughs> Again, I mean, what? Uh, I'm for, uh, uh, anyway. Cameron. Uh, so. so. Remember that pin that I told you to put in about the Tassade? Perhaps the whole thing was a hoax. Uh-huh. Whatever. <laughs> At this point, the chief, he looks at Nigel and he smiles and responds, quote, unquote, no sweat. Easy come, easy go. <laughs> he like zooms out from camp. There's like Jeeps over there. Someone's watching TV. <laughs> oh, no. Nigel is like, you know English? And the chief is like, well, sure. Yeah, I learned it from my language tapes. (laughs) And at that very moment, the chief, his cell phone starts ringing. So he whips his cell phone out from his loincloth and answers it. And he's like, oh, I'm so glad you called. Uh, Actually, our dinner plans have just changed. Can you actually pick up some steaks from that spot in Manaus before returning returning (laughs) to the village? so the real mystery in this episode was some white people being racist yes practically (laughs) but wait the chief then takes nigel and marianne into one of the huts where we see donnie playing a video game (laughs) like nintendo 64 because it's 1998 like like with the controller like an atari controller and everything like this intense video (laughs) game and Debbie is next to him looking at a full-on desktop computer where one of the teenage tribal members is showing her a website that he's created. <laughs> and Debbie's like, look, he has a website. It's so cool, mom, right? Mom, can I get a website? Jaw dropped, aghast. Marianne is like, 
you're online? And the chief responds, sure, who isn't? Come on, get with the 21st century. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> Roasted, boom, Roasted. And oh kind of God. offensively, Marianne's like, sorry, it's just that, I mean, looking at you, I expected you to be a bit more primitive because, okay, yes, to be fair, the villagers are in loincloths. They've got like the cultural piercings, like through their nose, yeah. the, the jewelry, they have like tribal paintings on their faces. Again, they live in like these okas, they're yeah. you know, eating over fire. Okay, I get it, but still, you don't assume things, girl. Yet, also, like when you've been around the world as much as you have, yes, and like, like y'all didn't do any research before yeah, this. Also true. Also true. And so okay. the chief explains that yeah, like we do indeed like the primitive lifestyle, and we've lived this way for centuries. But like buying a couple of CDs and laptops isn't going to change that. Like, Which like true, true. You go true. It's like yeah, we can still preserve our cultural heritage while also checking Facebook if we want right. to, because <laughs> exactly. I want to see what's happening in Manaus. I want to order the steaks from Manaus. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I like, want my steaks. We can merge these two worlds. It doesn't have to yeah. be one or the other. Right. Wow. And cool. Now, at this point, Darwin is like back in his clothes and, you know, he's gotten dressed and everything and he's talking to Eliza and they're looking at this beautiful crystal that he's found and they decide to play one last game of rock, paper, scissors to decide what to do next. Eliza wins again. And so she's like, all right, time for another adventure. And they go back on a hike through the forest while Nigel, Marianne, and Debbie continue to engage with these villagers. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That so, has so many twists, twists and turns. And turns. Of every variety, again, Darwin should have died in this episode yep. in multiple places and did yes. not. Um, in Nigel reality, Marianne could have died too. Also, like the original indigenous person who was like creeping on Nigel and Marianne and stuff was he was probably like, God, these people are primitive. <laughs> He's like, there's not a even a laptop computer. in that. Yeah, that calm V. Damn, they only got a hot spot going on. We're not going to engage games? with them. Yeah. They're eating capybara burgers. Ugh. That's weird. Oh, we, we're eating steaks. <laughs> right. God, disgusting. Do they know kind what it strange. tastes like? Yeah, that's a little uh, salty, We're going to go ahead. Whatever. And not say hi to them. This is embarrassing for us as humans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So. Great job. That one. Thank you. Was so, again, unexpected twists and turns in every corner. Mm-hmm. In every way. Yeah. And uh, I, I think cool. that the the thornberries were just as just as confused and <laughs> thrown off guard by all these twists and turns. They thought they were going to be food, but instead they were going to enjoy actual food with yes. this wonderful tribe. They're hopefully likely. sharing a meal now. Um, yeah. Also fascinating that the like I thought the like um, the giant crystal would like come more into play of like significance, or that they would be like. Hey, sorry, we were like, we like stole your meal and also we're kind of racist. Here's a really valuable crystal as like a slight reparation. But yeah, they were just yeah. like, finders fucking keepers. Yeah, exactly. Let's go. They're like, All right, cool. You got a crystal. Okay. We have, they like open one of the huts. It's like filled with the crystals. <laughs> They're like, okay, cool. Good for yeah. you. How do you think we afford these laptops? <laughs> and wi-fi in 1998 wi-fi in the middle yeah. of the jungle I'm like yeah. you know how, how do you expensive think we... it is to get signal out here <laughs> exactly <laughs> wow that was great yes. good job thank you thank you so anyway great episode the stakes are still high the literal Literally. and physical stakes the <laughs> stakes from Manaus are high quality and the stakes of getting eaten were very high also quality high. until because the thing is like they were gonna eat them yeah. They were going Which to, like, but they're like, oh, he's like your pet. Never mind. Sorry. We're, we're like, yeah. our bad. Yeah. We'll just we'll no get takeout. Sorry about it. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> the Jaguars told us about this great new service called DoorDash. <laughs> we're going to DoorDash some steaks into town DoorDash. by just calling the delivery guy. <laughs> All good. No problem. All good. Sorry about that little, uh, that little mix up. Yeah. So, Army. anyway. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. What a... Wow, what a um, 
also like a, a life learning episode that the Thornberries is giving us of like, make assumptions. Don't. Yeah. And I guess when I first wrote this, I was like, I wonder, or when they first mentioned the Chisade people, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I wonder if they, if the writers know that like, maybe that was a hoax. And then I got to the end of the episode and I was like, oh wait, yeah, no, I think that's them joking about it possibly being a hoax because these people are also not cut off from from society. (laughs) I think it was the writers doing that one because it was like, you know, 15, 20 years later, but also because as soon as you were like, oh, Marianne was naming a like tribe in the Philippines. I was like, what? There's like, this has happened in the Amazon. Maybe it was just because maybe it like was more recent that it's happened, but like, this is something that happens in the Amazon is that like, they yeah. are constantly discovering peoples right. in the Amazon who haven't been contacted. So why wouldn't they just use a local example? But that's exactly. why that's it's because why. the writers were exactly. like, <laughs> <laughs> these kids will understand the reference. <laughs> <laughs> these cultured kids will get it they're all mini <laughs> anthropologists anyways wow uh, those clever so, sons of bitches yeah, awesome you gotta love them so anyway yeah great time i'm sure next week grace will be back with another episode of the uh thornberries trying to literally survive in the middle of whatever wilderness <laughs> they find themselves in but Wait. until yeah Sorry, should we at the end of every episode do like a counter of all the things that should have killed the Thornberries? Because mm, yeah. like in my I episode, we kind, we of, kind did of did that last of being week. like yeah. the lions and the flood. In this case, it was like the jaguars. Yeah, whatever probably had hit him in the eye, Nigel in the eye originally. Like the camera yeah, could have given him camera. a concussion and killed exactly. him exactly, or like taken his eye out. Yeah, even um, if it's they not could have been primitive. struck by lightning yes, during that was, storm. Yeah, they could have received the river could terrible have food poisoning from the capybara burgers. Yes. Leading to like the river dysentery. Next to Darwin, could have flooded and rushed him away. Mm-hmm. Um, um so eliza like stepped i think both of them stepped on that crystal at one point like they could have gotten a horrible cut on their foot infection eliza she was she could have hit the cliff fallen in no one would have known she was there for a while between the time that darwin left and donnie came back right i mean Um, her and donnie could have died cliff jumping could have been drowned yeah even if it's not Uh, a primitive or highly advanced civilization either way humans Yes. You're coming into their territory, could have murdered you. Darwin fell from very high up out of a <laughs> yes. tree, broken back, and then Jaguar comes and finishes you off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Yep. Anything That's else? a lot Anything? of things. That, that's enough. <laughs> yes, that's enough. And, that's and there's too more. many things. These, these are just of the things we saw, right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of other stuff in that jungle that is out yes. of blood. <laughs> yeah, constantly. <laughs> constantly. Um, Cool. So, All right. Yeah, we're gonna do yeah, a, a. That'll be our thing. Yeah. A, yeah. A almost murdered counter. Almost death by almost counter. Death. Yeah. yeah. So um, we'll, we'll figure a out a thousand for it. ways to die in the wild thornberries. <laughs> the thornberries. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. So until we continue with this counter next week, <laughs> Grace, who should the listeners and viewers tell about this podcast? I think. You should tell a Brazilian friend of yours, like someone Mm -hmm. who's part Brazilian, someone who is Brazilian, and be like, look, okay, they may be offensive in their talk about the capybaras and the cultural, yes, uh, but take with a grain of salt because it's the first time they learned that people eat them and they're on a journey Mm -hmm. to learn, but they travel to your country. It's pretty great. Y'all should listen to this podcast. Yeah. I feel like, didn't we at once notice too that we had some people in Brazil listening or something? I think so, maybe. Like so, one of our, yeah. So if you're yeah. listening, like, hey, thank you. Tell your friends. And tell your friends. And if you're not, there's a lot of Brazilian immigrants in America. Right. Find a friend and tell them. Yes, exactly. And then who else should they tell? Okay. After that, you should tell a capybara farmer (laughs) you might have to do some translation to either spanish or portuguese Portuguese. to to (laughs) 
communicate to them, but yep. yeah, it's all them. Yeah. Or go on the they're, dark they're web busy and around find this time of year. an illegal one on the black market. Yes. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, Again, cool. We got a lot of demos we're trying to appeal to. Exactly. All we're, of Brazil. We're open to and all sort of listeners. The black market of South America. <laughs> yes. Cool. <laughs> Excellent. Great. Well, great job. And uh, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmoreMist, all the abreeds. And let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries.